and welcome back to Sports Meets Money, where our business is sports. I am your co-host, Med Raza, a.k.a. Marketing Medi, joined by my brother, Ale, a.k.a. Ale Suave. Ale, mm-hmm. the combine just happened, my friend. I love it. Football is still alive. It does not feel dead until August. <laughs> we we get so bored in spring and summer. I'm right. sorry. Like, no, oh, my true. God. That's true. Hey, I, look, there's a lot of fun stuff that happens, but, like, as a culture, cultural phenomenon, there's nothing like football, especially in our home state Everybody of Texas. Everybody goes out more when the season starts. Yeah, and, again, we live in Texas. It means a lot to yeah. us. But the combine, my guy, apparently the combine has a lot of news going on. So you know how like it's an indie every year? Those don't know. It's been an indie since like Indianapolis, Homer Coles, since nineteen eighty seven. Pretty much the league, mainly Jerry Jones, has been so annoyed that uh they started putting up official bids. But just to make it easier, Indy won it for this year and next year's combines. But mm. there's now an official bid process, all this stuff. So I got bored and started looking at it. Why the heck does anybody want to host a combine, right? <laughs> it sounds like a terrible deal. We're from Austin. We hate the traffic that any event causes now. Yeah. But I looked at it, bro. Apparently, Indy makes $10 million a year almost. Wow. Like, Just and, off, off, the, off the combine? Yeah. Like, I mean, think about how many people have to come in, get hotels, scouts, GMs, team personnel, doctors, psychologists, the players random fans who for some reason really want to go to a combine we actually might need to do that in the future live from yeah. the nfl combine sports meets money but so i looked at what it does for indy mm. it does something super weird so like for those who know indianapolis is like a convention center city it's made for conventions like events like that is its bread and butter that's yeah. the hub of its economy tourism mm. the amount of steakhouses that apparently <laughs> have to buy extra Morton's or no St. Elmo Steakhouse. When I was talking about it, their head chef about ordering stuff, yeah. an extra eight hundred pounds of shrimp that goes by quickly within a week, twenty five hundred uh, pounds worth of steaks and stuff cuts, extra ones that go out in a week. You got a lot of hungry people. Apparently, this is this is how lit Indy apparently gets. I didn't know this, but shot to the Pat McAfee show in Indianapolis. We're <laughs> actually talking about this. Every steakhouse is booked out to pretty much be like a private meeting room like a war room so you're a cowboys well, fan yeah so jerry jones is let's say they ran out st elmo's for tonight you see ian Rappaport walk in there just no rap sheet has some cowboys news for you same with schefter <laughs> schlegg just, all those guys he's just walking up and down the restaurant overhearing oh, oh. conversations yeah no well jerry's not even walking jerry bro jerry has a party bus that goes they stop one block at a time get off and go party jerry jones mm-hmm. knows how to party I never thought I'd say it, but that old dude, man, he is a party animal. America's owner. Oh, man. <laughs> Nobody parties like America's team. Yeah. But, dude, like, okay, so apparently all these meetings, this is where all the trade conversations happen. Like, when we hear draft night, like, rumors and stuff, you got Shefty and Rapport breaking news, Pelicero, the arrows breaking news, too, from the NFL mm-hmm. era. All that happens in Indy at the Combine. Like every mm. conversation, apparently, you know, uh, so I don't know which one it was either Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr. You know, they're both pretty much free agents, you know? Yeah. What ends up happening is one of them, I think it might have been Jimmy G. They booked the room and started hosting meetings to their free agents with the teams already there. I mean, look, you have all the agents there. Yeah. You got your usual guys, Mulligetta. You got um, whatever Tom Bray's agent is, Rosenhaus. Mm. There we go. People like that. Everyone's there talking about the money. What perfect time for a marquee free Asian quarterback than to go ahead and just book a room there and everyone's already there. They might as well drive down the street and go see you. Right, right, right. right. Every conversation, dude, the backdoor dealings, like I'm surprised people didn't pay attention to the athletes, but <laughs> it's not the only thing. We mentioned fans sometimes go. Because of that, Adidas started doing fan engagement events outside of the Colts' uh, Luke Soul Stadium. Mm. Um, it's weird. I guess it's a newer trend. We're probably going to see a lot more brand activations in the future if it like becomes a thing where fans are increasingly right. going, if that trend continues, especially considering the fact that they're looking at moving it to different cities where, hey, you know, we're close to Dallas, we're close to Houston. If they host a combine, why don't we go, obviously? You right, know what I mean? Right, right. To where like it makes sense where now we can get those more 
culturally adapted brand events like we talked about in our last episode. Insert shameless plug for the Utah All-Star Weekend episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, for those who haven't seen it, go please uh, listen. Also, make sure you like and subscribe. <laughs> now, back to this NFL Combine situation, right? Yeah. The amount of fan engagement, dude. I started looking at it. As you know, I like looking at the numbers and the money. Yes, sir. There's an official NFL Combine sponsor for the uniforms that all these uh, college studs have to wear. Well, what's it called? Well, you want to guess who he used to be? Uh, I would say Under Armour. Hey, two years ago, actually. Mm. Replaced by New Era, and randomly, within one year, New Era gets the boot. Last August, the brand Noble, N-O-B-U-L-L, one word, Yep, no bull S is pretty much what's implying here. Yeah. Becomes the sponsor. It's a brand new, like, it's relatively new on the market compared to the legacy brands. Right. I feel like it's only been around for two or three years, maybe a few more. Mac Jones is a big proponent of it, of the New England Patriots. They, for some reason, have become the official kit supplier of, like, the combine, like, the, what we would refer to as under armors growing up in football. Right, right, right. That is officially made by no bull right now for the NFL. So I did some digging, per usual. Yeah, buddy, have I got some interesting news for you? And what was that? Okay, so I mentioned Noble. Why is this random brand? Right, I'm like, yo, how are they popping? So for those who don't know, if there's a new brand coming up and they have a lot of spotlight, they're buying media, they're doing all this stuff. The first thing you want to look at is, all right, who is backing this company that suddenly has all this money, dude? Last August, I mentioned they got the right to do the NFL scouting combine. Apparently, yes. four months later, this is an athletic article by Daniel Kaplan, came out in December, talked about how earlier in that week, in December, the NFL decided to get together and actually invest in Noble. Isn't that crazy how sports is right here, yeah. literally is meeting money and the, the league is deciding to really like push this, this narrative of, of finance and equity with this noble brand yeah i'm glad you're getting to the equity conversation because here's the thing we know when we talk about when, uh, our business of sports obviously yeah and like the whole economics of it that we always talk about we know we get into the marketing stuff a lot or today's a heavily a management episode because of what the combine truly is in nature yeah however this is a good time to talk about the fact that the financial aspect of these uh teams goes beyond just salary negotiations this is a lot of money that just seems unfathomable to right. us at our level. Right, right. But like, okay, so here's basically what happened. Give you a rundown. The NFL, all 31 owners and the Packers leadership group, Packers don't have an actual owner, y'all. Mm. Um, they have a fund called the 32 Equity Fund. For those who don't know, it's VC, and that means venture capital. It's pretty much when a group of very rich people get together, wow. put up pools of money for specific funding, and buy into other companies and re- make them grow until they get bought out by another massive company. And this is the, the company they decided yeah. to. If any of you have seen Shark Tank, think about Shark Tank, but everyone is grouping up on purpose. It's <laughs> And it, unfortunately, it's even more stressful. I've been fortunate to work for startups that have actually had to go through this situation, mm. dealing with VCs and angel investors. It's very tedious. It's a lot of financial conversations. I will spare all of you the details on what actually yeah. happens. But just know, like, the NFL, actually, behind the door, beyond ticketing and merch, they make money off this stuff. And, you know, they've invested in other companies. This was uh, – this is a deal that they had in Irvine, Texas, so pretty much Dallas area, DFW. Um, they had a winter meeting amongst owners, and each of them put up $5 million. That's $160 million that went towards purchasing Noble. And they have – I don't know what the disclosed percentage was. But yeah, but um, I'm pretty sure they're like, I want that money back quick. So, so they decided to put it in the in the absolutely right. They're like, hey, it's already coming up. It's gonna be a thing. Now you're probably wondering, even before, why does it matter for this random company to sponsor the combine? So here's the deal: even though the combine might not be the biggest live attraction in the world for right. other NFL events, yeah. think about how many college football is full is pretty much a cult, right? We can admit it. Like it's oh, nothing yeah. but cult fan for bases sure. everywhere. And and we're in, in March Madness right now, too. So. Right. Like, we're in the South. And then between <laughs> us and, like, the Midwest, nothing but cult fan bases. Look at Ohio State. Right. Look at Texas. 
LSU. We, all right, we hate an entire state because their best team has a rivalry with our best team. That's right. <laughs> we are cult fan bases. So what happens when the premier athletes of our cult fan base goes to compete to the next level and they have an open tryout with all their metrics? Everyone likes and retweets these videos. We talk about the concept of earned media. Noble is going to be the only brand you see when we see our boy Bijan Robinson tearing it up in the NFL combine. And also in the NFL, somebody go get him. He's a goddamn stud here. All right. For sure. Yeah. So think about how much Noble is going to be there when every Colt fan base is retweeting and reposting and sharing right. their star. pictures of, of their like universities, their colleges, the iconic, star athlete. The iconic full stride shot of the 40-yard dash. With a noble right, right in the middle. Right there on the box like a Supreme logo pretty much. Yeah. The earned media. And guess who ultimately benefits by increase of sales and everything else? Well, the owners of the brand when they get their distribution. The 32 dividends. teams. That 32 equity. There we go. Yeah, what was it called? 32 equity, right? That yes. was the name of it? Yeah, that was the name yeah, of it. Yeah, the 32 equity fund. Oh, man, the money that goes on. Like, this is one of the reasons we started the podcast. Yeah. Because we realized there is so much behind-the-scenes circulation of money that it gives us a chance to research as an excuse, but also gives us a chance to talk to more people who are interested in this world of yeah. the pure amount of money that just matriculates yeah, everywhere. It, it, to me, it's crazy how, like, they're so open about, all right, we are the NFL now we just invested into this brand, so here it is. We hope you like it, and if you don't, well, your your favorite player's wearing it, and you're gonna see it all over Twitter. That's right. And if you are, uh, if you are up in the great New England area, yeah, so no, you're a star-studded quarterback. One Mac Jones of Alabama, yeah, he's is a proud athlete of Noble. <laughs> Oh, right before they started actually putting some money up in there. <laughs> yeah. Although, to be fair, maybe his next noble negotiation contract goes up once he knows right. how much money's behind I saw the brand. The combine. Like, hey, I know, <laughs> clearly, I know your marketing budget. It's called Roger Goodell. Let's pay up here. <laughs> you're, you're Mac Jones' agent. Go get that boy some more money here. Yeah, but we've talked about the money in this, in, in this event, the combine. I, I like to, for me, I like to get into the, you know, what this event is all about, really. And at the end of the day, it's about metrics, right? And so as much as we talked about money, I thought it'd, it'd be great to actually look into what these events actually do for these players. And we all know the 40-yard 40, the 40 dash, the bench press, the 10-yard split, the vertical, all of that. But how much does that really affect these players' draft stocks? Can and I take I, a guess? Go ahead, go ahead. According to the fact that we have seven people and the laser timing the 40-yard dash, I mean, between that and the fact that we're not wearing pads at all during these drills, it, it, it absolutely matters, I'm guessing, Ale. Well, <laughs> I looked into it. I looked into it pretty deep. And honestly, bro, I think the consensus is that on this really doesn't matter. There's really the metrics that stand out are the the measurements the arm length, the hand length, and barely, you know, out of all of those little verticals or 40-yard dashes, three-cone drills, they look at the 10-yard split. How fast can you go up and down, side to side, up and down the field? Those are, you know, metrics that actually translate to the league. All of the other stuff like the 40-yard dash, the bench, you know, they're good metrics to go by, but they never define, you know, the success a player has in the league, right? Um, one good example of, I guess, I wouldn't call him slow, but he was uh, the slowest runner in his class, Cooper Cup. He ran a 4-6-1. He's caught more, he's had more receptions than anybody in his draft class. And that, that being that he's one of the, the slowest to come out of it. So for that, that's one case where we can say, look, the, all these drills that these kids run and they, they try so hard to put on this display, does it really matter? I mean, to your point, one of the worst 40-yard dashes came from a Michigan quarterback with a massive chip on his shoulder. Oh, he yeah. Pick <laughs> 199 himself, the, honestly, let's be honest, in terms of these quarterbacks, 
the GOAT, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I, Peyton's my favorite quarterback, but I got to admit it, man. Yeah, hey, but imagine. Do you think Peyton ran a, a oh, five? Oh, slow like, man, I'll tell you. I don't think he hit I a would, five. Hey, I will parlay snails to beat Peyton in a race. <laughs> right, and that's that's the thing. These kids, they go through all this, these drills, and then they get down that they don't do good, so they go to the um, – What's it called? Their uh, the university the pro days the pro days. Then they're like, oh no, don't worry, he's gonna run better at the pro day. But at the end of the day, does it matter? So is this why? Like, for those who don't know, you actually have a chance to you have your say on what events you do. You're not forced to do all of them, right? You're not forced to do them, but they these people they come out to see you, and and some players elect to say, hey, you know what? Um, I have my hamstrings not feeling well. I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna run the 40 yard dash, but I'll bench press. You could see me at the pro day at my pro day. Oh, who was that dude that like literally tore his ACL but said screw it? I'm sitting at the and bench he hit that bench. Ah, he was he was a he what was a dog. Yeah, he was a, a lineman for sure. Oh, but he man. hit those. Stunned. He put a, I think it was top. He finished top ten in the in the reps. Just something his... about somebody who's just so gritty. It's like all right, look, I'm hurt. I'm injured. I'm still going out and doing what I can here. I'm doing my damn job. Yeah, but on top of all those drills that these kids have to do, we also got the t- the medical test, the interviews that these teams have, right? And so w- what the medical test is all about is just a drug screen, injury evaluation, and a Cybex test. This is the most important test that these teams look at. And it basically is a test that, measures a player's joint strength, right? And so what's crazy is we talk about, um, they get, we think players get psychologically tested, but this year actually Goodell ruled out the litmus test, right? Or the Wonderlick te- testing. Yeah. And so each team gets an allotted amount of time to evaluate these players, to interview these players. They have all this information. Now, what are we going to do at that time? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I've heard that some teams elect to do a third-party psychological test on top of the interviewing that they do. So it's, I would feel like, draining on top of having to do four days of workouts. You got all this testing and interviewing that these teams are doing each kid goes through so many teams so many psychological tests and at the end of the day do i think it matters with the 40 yard with the events like the 40 yard dash and all that i don't think so but if you can sound good to a team maybe they'll draft you maybe that's one part of the of the combine that that really i feel like a player can benefit. Yeah. You know, there's a there's obviously a certain common theme amongst people who become the Hall of Famers. Yeah. And there's a common theme amongst the teams that are successful in terms of how they build. You know, Bill Belichick famously uh, traps better in the later rounds. Right. Mm-hmm. And his belief has always been, I don't, it's not my job to acquire talent. Yeah. It's my job to build a team. Right. What are the elements of team building and stuff? I think that's a important conversation. I'm glad you mentioned they got rid of Wonderlick. I'm you know, really happy. Like, so those don't know, right? Wonderlick's pretty much an IQ test. It's a yeah. weird one. The thing is, if you score too high based on your position, you might actually ruin your draft stock by actually being a smart guy. Yeah. Which you wouldn't think would hurt you, but you know, depending on the position and what era we're in, it's hey, see ball, get ball, not overthink it. Right, so you know it that it can have that effect on and it. And then you know what I w- I had read that, um, that this test, the Wonderlick test, was seeming to be racially biased, and I I can't really detail that, but that is one of the reasons why the league decided to get rid of it. It was because the conclusion was that certain players from certain backgrounds did better than other players from other backgrounds. So that's one of the things that uh, reasons why they got rid of it. Well, actually the main reason. So a standardized test has been shown to have major biases built into it. 
college board if you're listening evaluate the sat seriously it's the same <laughs> issue um right. hey, i can still do the coursework man sorry it's just as the college nerd of the group it's just i voice my frustrations a lot as y'all can tell um honestly dude that's interesting okay so i had a question mm-hmm. this is just me being who i am as a person so when you're talking about how certain things don't mean so much so the standing vertical jump test right that yeah. people love the show. Troy Palomalo is jumping into the ceiling. God bless Troy Palomalo. <laughs> you mean to tell me that if it's a quarterback, it doesn't matter if he doesn't have a 60-inch vertical? We're not running the Tebow pass every play, Ale? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He didn't even have a good arm, to be honest, but hey, he was a good leader. You know what? I, Tim Tebow, God bless you. Good man of faith, right? Um, some might call him God's favorite son. Um, do not kill me, Jesus. But um, here's the deal. I actually do not like Tim Tebow for one reason or one reason only. Who was it? It's not even because he failed as a tight end. It's because <laughs> the Denver Broncos won one playoff game with Tim Tebow, and it was against my Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. I clearly just have a lot of personal issues with Tim Tebow. So I like uh, – I think that's interesting. Okay, so this has a lot of impact on these upcoming players. And how so? Like you're talking about, right? Like, okay, they're almost, you get an opportunity to choose which ones you're going to. Right. Your measurements, like whether or not this person has it based off their measurements. And then certain events that clearly don't have, some have correlation, right? You mentioned ideas of lateral quickness. Yeah. I think that's important, especially for like a defensive guy. You know what I mean? But it's like some of these events clearly don't have a lot of correlation. Right. It was crazy how the 40-yard the dash was like the least um, – correlated to the success a player has in the league it was more so like the splits like could you do the three could you go yeah you know the lateral quickness basically in a sense like the three the three cone drill and the 10 yard split those were one of the which makes sense you know if you have a slot corner no, slot guys are usually more shifty actually no it's perfect right yeah, yeah so yeah. slot corner right i'm getting the number two receiver right the julian edelman the west welker Insert shifty, undersized uh, white uh, wide receivers here from New England Patriots. <laughs> I, I just kept going with wide receivers from New England Patriots. I'm like, there's the theme here. Hold up. Um, but you know what I mean, right? The shiftier yeah. slot guys. Yeah. If the slot guys running a four five on the official forty, but can't make a cut. My nickel yeah. does not need to run a four three, right? right? It's great you're faster, but why are you faster when it's your job to run man or zone? You have to play like a match coverage or something like. You have to go to the speed of who you're guarding. Right. And corner is probably the hardest position to honestly play, if you think yeah. about it, at least most athletic. It doesn't matter if you're like the top 1% of speed, when overall all of your top 1% of speed, you have to still match to the slower guy. It matters more about your breaks, your lateral quickness, the stuff you're talking about. Like, yeah. I can see why like that actually has a bigger translation into what your job responsibility actually is. Your D lineman, hey, I can run a 40 yard dash. Great. I need you to get. Five yards, mainly lateral quickness, get to the quarterback, set an edge, whatever your responsibility is based on your alignment. You know what I mean? And it's just like it makes a lot more sense when you're giving me this context. Hey, this stuff doesn't matter. Um, But now it's like the NFL is making it matter in the sense that, okay, we're going to turn this event into, hey, here's our new, here's our new, what's it called? Apparel line, Noble. Now you talked about it earlier about Adidas with their brand activation event. And last week, shout out to the the NBA All-Star Weekend. Now we're seeing like this trend like, okay, hopefully these teams are realizing that these measurables aren't that important. But you know what? We can start shifting towards this new brand activation that I feel like the league's starting to go towards. I see it. So let's go off that, right? Let's get into our... What some may call conspiracy theories. Uh, <laughs> let's our our money theories, right? Why? Yeah, we'll call them money theories. The, we we tend to agree on one thing. There, there's no such thing as like a okay. There are mistakes these companies make yeah. and these brands do. However, like most of their intentions are based off of like a very strategic plan. Yeah. So if we're not giving too much stock based on look. All these teams have advanced data analytics people. Hire me, people. I'm in school for this currently. But 
if bro i could come on imagine if i was like the cowboys analytics guy come on you get free tickets it'd be lit <laughs> so basically like do you think some of this is just like they're cool with posting about it but like we don't care about the measurements we post a 40 yard dash on social media the nfl account right. if you look at it yeah they post that uh they post the actual uh 40 yard dash more than on the uh they actually post that more than the arm length measurements or right. even lateral quickness, like the three cone drill. And, and those like are the that. measurables that actually do you think me- it's, have correlated. Success. Do you think it's because like we're so baked into the idea of like, oh, what's this guy's 40 time right. that we know like this is the online engagement where the NFL knows, look, Super Bowl's over. Right. Draft night, we're going to get at least night one of the draft. We're going to get fan engagement on social media. We want the earned media. We're going to pay for ads and all stuff. We understand it. But the idea of what people want to call it UCG, user, uh, UGC, user-generated content, it right. matters more to these brands. What is the thing that people themselves will tweet about? What are me and you talking about on an episode? They right. care about what's organic, you know? Yeah. Do you think they're focusing and putting out this stuff more that – even though there's no correlation to team success, but there's a correlation to increasing brand value and brand engagement? Yeah, on social media. You think that's you, why we're talking about do it. Do you remember when John Ross ran the combine? Uh, ran, ran at the combine, four two two, and what did he won? I think he won a car because of that. Who who could run? I think it was Audi who sponsored that event that year. They didn't. No one sponsored this year's forty, but that year, whoever ran the fastest, whoever had the the top three times, I believe, they were incentivized. John Ron John Ross ran the fastest that year. And he won a car. <laughs> and speaking of not correlations, John Ross actually was in the league for a few years, but he didn't pan out to be what the 40-yard dash hyped him up to be now. Right. That's accumulation of systems, coaches. It's a lot of things that determines whether or not players are successful. Yeah. Sometimes you're just in the wrong spot for the, the air of that team. Yeah. And but who you are as a person. He was the fastest receiver coming out of that class. Yeah. But maybe he wanted to be that for that incentive yeah. that that brand, that sponsor had that year. And I think, like, so we can kind of get into what we were going to talk about uh, next in a second. But I feel like that kind of goes into it a little bit where it's just like John Ross, example. And we're not berating the guy. The guy has a great talent, right? Yeah, yeah. But the guy was mainly on go routes. For those who don't know, it's just you run, just you run. go vertical. We're going to hopefully, if it's like, of cornerbacks running man press, we check into it. If there's not safety over top helping out, you throw the go route. Right. Simple as that. Like unless you're running verticals the whole game, does the forty really matter? It doesn't. And even then, you have to have some lateral quickness because if that corner's pressing, you got to figure out what's your release going to be, right? Like DeAndre Heim- Hopkins always uses a good diamond release and like he swats his hands and stuff. Like right. all that stuff comes into play. Yeah. But like John Ross was seen as like a vertical threat. Which is great, but like, do you need lateral quickness? Are we running post corners, comebacks? Like, there's a lot of other aspects of events you're talking about yeah. that come into play in more than a 40 yard dash. Right. And it's all about technique. If you can beat the corner or the DB or linebacker assigned to you, yeah. then your speed matters. But in the NFL, the idea of a window, which you throw into, a window is about three millimeters in the NFL. You don't need the 20 yard burner. It's great if you can have it, but realistically, we'll take the three, four inch window. Right. If you can get that if separation, we can make that second in five instead of second in ten. Yeah, and I think uh, what this kind of comes up to is like we talked about how it matters for players coming up, but I feel like now it kind of just matters more so. Like, how are the teams, right? The management overall, how are the teams kind of getting into it? Now, Ale, you, my friend, are a proud fan and supporter. Your whole family is. Yeah. Of the Dallas Cowboys. Since I was born. Right? So, here's my question for you. We just got done hearing you talk about what correlates and doesn't correlate for a lot of these up-and-coming college studs who are going to be, you know, future NFL talent, hopefully, and make generational wealth for all their families. True. But what does it matter for you as a Cowboys fan? What are you looking at with this and thinking, okay, here's <laughs> what affects Jerry and Steven Jones as they plan out the next future of the Cowboys. Well, I think they just franchise tag Pollard. Okay. They let Zeke walk. And there's a couple defensive tackles that weren't re-signed. But what I see as a fan, 
you have the opportunity to grab a young running back that can go behind Pollard, Bijan Robinson, or there's a lot of big guys in this class that you can take to fill in the gap, which Cowboys, they love to, Dan Quinn loves to rotate the big guys. So they may just continue to pile on it onto that stack of big guys and draft, you know, a young stud in that area. But as a fan, I would love to see Cowboys kit Bijan Robinson because, I mean, I'm a fan of the uh, the Longhorns as well. So to just see, it it just sounds right. Longhorns, then Cowboys, you're not, come on. Look, nobody loves marketing in the NFL more than Jerry Jones. And Bijan's a marketable athlete. Very marketable. Great talent, established brand in our state. And has good morals. Great NIL deals. Yes. Good morals, highlighting something we referenced last week's episode, basically. The uh, Bijan mustard. Yeah. Oh, man. So here's the thing, right? Yeah. I agree. So, like, okay, so teams are, like we mentioned earlier, teams are constantly meeting throughout the draft. Talking about trades, every deal happens here. Yeah. One of the major influences, and for those who don't know, there was an entire NFL calendar of when things were allowed to happen. Pretty That's much right. the day after, like at 1 or 4 p.m. Eastern time, you can start doing your salary cap gymnastics. Pretty much by a certain day and time, yeah. you have to be under within next year's salary cap limit, which I think it was like $228 million or something like that. Yeah, it, it goes up. It goes up every year. Yeah. There is money out there. Which we don't hear about when a player wants to make money. Apparently, it's selfish for the love of the game, but you tend to make about fifty million every home game as a Patriots owner. You know, <laughs> hey, maybe the players aren't selfish. Maybe they want to, you know, get a piece of what they earn. Right, right, right. But dude, like, so this draft potential, right? Players getting moved. Like, I think genuinely because you're talking about it, right? Yeah. I think part of Zeke's issue was is just his salary cap or salary hit. Yeah. The contract was massive, and he earned it, right? Feed Zeke is a thing. Yeah. But because of just like – okay, we'll put it this way. There is value behind young talent. Rookie deals are a lot cheaper. Yeah. Pretty much in the NFL, we always hear about it. You want to look towards getting your second contract. And usually nowadays, right. if you're a stud getting your second contract, you're resetting the market. Almost every year, yeah. there's three guys resetting the market for every position, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately for Zeke, <laughs> the teams that made it to the big game, the Chiefs and the Eagles, all of their running backs combined, somebody put up a stat before the big game, all of those running backs combined between both teams, cheaper in salary cap hit than one Ezekiel Elliott, <laughs> formerly of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, so, like, I don't like the sound of the hat. Between the aspect of like running back by you know stables or committees, yeah, seems to be popular with these run aggressive teams that right. want to be creative, and the fact that okay, let's be honest, when we were kids, a guy would get drafted and we wouldn't hear about him for at least two years. That's right. He would sit behind a vet, especially a quarterback. He would soak in knowledge. If the vet got hurt, he'd be in there. But pretty much, it's his job to run the. Uh, the scout offense and pretty much just be clipboard genius. Right. <laughs> now, what a guy, by the way. So now like we, between seven on seven and other trends, we just have guys who are ready. I mean, think about it. Yeah, that's right. Justin Jefferson, his first year. Did dog. better than. <laughs> okay. Let's play the game. Dog or not dog, right? Justin Jefferson, first year. Dog. Jamar Chase, first year. Dog. Rookie of the year. Garrett Wilson of Central Texas. He was a dog. He he took he he, he revitalized other Ohio State great uh, wide receiver um, of the Saints, Chris Olave. Oh, I drafted him in, in my in my day. Hey, we're in the same league. Why did they answer Garrett Wilson? Because he's from Lake Travis. Bro, that's right. You're not. It's like the five one two kid. I'll bet money on him here, but um, metaphorically, people. So <laughs> basically, it's not legal in Texas. So. Basically, like, bro, you have so many league-ready guys coming in where it's like, you know, owners are trying to maximize what they can in 53, right? Yeah. Plus, in case of injuries, you got to have reserve. You have a rookie reserve. Rookie contracts are cheap compared to vet contracts, and that's because of NFLPA negotiations. Yeah. So, you know, like, no 25-year-old stud running back is going to take the vet minimum of $1.5 million a year. That's you right. earn more, right? Go get it. 
Right. Go at least one family. time in your career, you got to go get that. Go get your families. Like, and if you're running back, you get one big contract. That's right. That's what I'm thinking. Unless yeah. you're Frank Gore, I don't know if you get the third or fourth contract or Adrian Peterson. That's, like, that's right. Legitimately. So I think that's a massive deal about it. Like, unfortunately, like, and we saw how many players get cut and axed pretty much because of hmm. the salary cap. It's when you see all these studs coming out in the combine. That's right. Yeah. You start saying, okay, what are we going to do as a team? It affects players. So, if you want to talk about it, I think these players are becoming more ready now because I feel like the and I know the this is not the episode to talk about it, but I feel like the NIL is really influencing the game and how these kids are coming up. Like, who's willing to play harder for this deal? Right? Who you know? That's it's a variety of factors, which will be a different day. Like, really, it's almost like a high school episode because, like, seven on seven leagues, dude. Yeah, yeah, they're they're starting them off way younger. Like, we, we didn't have that back in the school day. And where I coached, yeah. Think about the D one talents that came out of where I've been a volunteer coach. Right. I I am not taking credit. I was basically a freshman job shadowing guy. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, I'm not I'm taking credit for any of those stuff. They earned it on their own. God bless them and their families. Yeah. But between seven on seven, the fact that the NFL is running more almost college-like offenses. That's right. Yeah. Right, we're going more spread. We're going more uh, because it's RPO. Easy to, it's more translatable for these younger guys. Yeah, and you know, like the speed of the game is the emphasis right now. Right. Um. Chip, so I think, Kelly, Chip Kelly really revolutionized it. I think he Chip started. Kelly, you, we had some air raid stuff going on here. Rest in peace to the great Mike Leach. Um. That's true. But who, who do you know? That goes just play by play by play by play. Who did you know before Chip Kelly came into the league? It was oh, we're talking about NFL coach specifically. I was about to say yeah. they meant college. No, no, no. Like, I'm talking about was NFL. College, he, he, Rich Rodriguez. Nah, he he was in the NFL and nah, he introduced it. Yeah, more tempo. Let's get out tempo. of tempo. And now it feels like style. a lot of people. Right. Yeah. It feels like a lot of more teams are adopting it or tweaking it. Yeah, you don't have to go under center as much, which you know I prefer pistol and shotgun formations anyways at this right. point. But no, it's true. So like my point was gonna be like, you have all these guys coming in where it's like, hey, it's cheaper to do this. That's true. And then if it's cheaper, right, what do you do with your money? Well, if it's cheaper to do that, then this is what I was gonna say. If you wanna get into it, I wanna talk about the number one issue in free agency or contracts right now. Well, not an issue, but like the hot the player who's causing the most buzz. I'm going to guess it's Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Yeah. Bros, no, no, no. I don't know how you feel. We Okay, we're both pro players getting money. We love when athletes go and get the bag. Yeah. Absolutely. We're always on the side of get your bag. Leagues, owners, we know the sponsor deals. We talk about the TV rights deals. That's right. There's more money every year in the billions. It's like, hey, give the player an extra $300 million right. if That's he right. is the guy generating your $3 billion this year. Mm-hmm. Right. Lamar is in his prime. He's an MVP candidate. He's all these things. Yeah. So let's say you are the Indianapolis Colts. You are the baby of one Jim Ursay. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, okay, we are number four. We've been terrible. Ever since Andrew got injured, it's been downhill. That's true. Philip yeah. Rivers was there. Jacoby Brissett was there until he got hurt. Um, Jacoby Brissett had a, a center thrown into his lap mid-game by Miles Garrett. <laughs> it was rough. So, actually, might have been Quentin Nelson, but what else? Um, basically, they end up, you know, having a terrible streak of quarterbacks. Yeah, Brian Philip, Hoyer. Philip Rivers, for no, no, he was Brian Hoyer was the guy at one point. I mean, Brian Hoyer is like a New England uh, backup legend at this point. Yeah, Carson Wentz experiment did not go well. Mm. The Matt Ryan, he's an astronaut. He's a Navy SEAL experiment did not go well. Um, if Matt Ryan was a Navy SEAL, we lost that war, basically. <laughs> At least the Colts did. No offense, Matt, but eh, it didn't pan out the way we needed it to. So here's the deal. If you're the Colts and you're pick number four, hmm. going into the combine, there's only two quarterbacks everyone's talking about. True. C.J. Stroud of Iowa State. And Bryce. Yeah, Bryce, Bryce Young. Young yeah. Alabama. So you're thinking, we're number four. Do we move up? We need it. Houston – Michael get their guy. Hmm. Pick number one when it was the Bears. Are they going to get a new guy? Are they going to trade it away because they have fields? 
They want to trade Fields to Atlanta. All these conversations, right? True. So Jim Irsay saying, GM Chris Ballard thinking, we're going to have to make a move. We might not have our guy. Hmm. And then Lamar Jackson doesn't uh, sign the uh, non-exclusive tag. True. So now the option is, is the team willing to pay two first? It doesn't have to be this year's first. It could be the next two years first. Yeah. That's actually allowed. And by to the Baltimore Ravens and offer Lamar a contract that the Ravens can match and sign Lamar. If they don't, they keep the two first. The Colts would have got Lamar. Here's what happens. Here's okay. why I think Combine is a good place to talk about it. One Anthony Richardson of Florida. Mm. Cam Newton size, basically. Jeez. Fast, massive vertical. He's doing backflips. Again, does it correlate? I don't know. Maybe we're going to get a backflip. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe Andy Reid dra- drafts him and we have a backflip toss. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is every other throw in the game. Yeah, <laughs> but, God. So, um... How does that affect Lamar? Like, mm. there's one more quarterback. It's like, yes, Max Duggan of TCU is there. Stephen Vance there. Yeah. But in terms of a guy who seems to be there, mm. that's one less person that's competition Lamar Jackson. Now, do we know if this is Lamar's competition? We don't know. We hope Anthony Richardson makes a lot of money in the NFL. does well. Yeah, However, of course. we got a proven guy in his prime, an MVP, outpaces everyone. Maybe not Justin Fields. We don't know yet the full numbers, but, like, you see yeah. how that kind of like impacts the current players' contract and their potential earnings. We yeah, talk about Z right. Phased out. I see that. Guy, but if you're a guy who's a free agent or could be a free agent, you're trying to get it. If there's a lot of talent, we do it. But if let's say a lot of these quarterbacks right. didn't have the tangibles we needed, that's right. Then every team's like, hey, we don't want to go trade for pick number. If you're number four, you got to go up to one now. <laughs> there's only one guy that's good, you know, or two. Yeah, but let's say there's no guys that are still not good in the draft combine. Then instead of going for number one, hey, we'll give up this first round pick. It's not worth it. Let's go get Lamar. Mm, I see how that goes. So it's kind of an interesting idea. That's like, you so know, would you ra- like? I'm saying, would you rather give Lamar this extension, or would you rather take a risk for the fraction of a Lamar contract and draft? Uh, let's just use your guy, Anthony Richardson. If I'm Baltimore? If you're the Colts, I guess. Oh, or okay. either or. If, Colts number four, so. Yeah, I'm saying. Would you roll the dice and use this pick or trade it? Or get Lamar Jackson? Do anything to get Lamar Jackson. Okay. You know how the rookie contracts work. And you know Lamar's asking more than Patrick. <laughs> Lamar wants okay, let's preface what Lamar is, right? We mentioned MVP. When Lamar's throwing when he was healthy, he led the league in receive uh rushing for quarterback. No surprise. Yeah. He also at one point was a leader in throwing. Yep. Lamar was an MVP candidate all year until he got injured. Yep. And you know they, they said he couldn't throw in the combine, but yeah. For years like, oh Lamar should play running back. Oh, okay, cool. Wins. Mind you, this is the guy who won Heisman as a quarterback at Louisville. Yep, that's true. And, you know, it's not exactly like Louisville has all the stud five-star talent of a Georgia or Bama. The guy has to earn it. Yeah. The media hype that's revolved around Heisman. I just think uh, – I legit think that, like, if you look at it, Lamar gets almost – There's almost, like, a weird media narrative behind it. Mm-hmm. Because all right, this is where we get to nitty gritty for like thirty seconds here. Deshaun Watson, mm. um, we will not get into anything off field. Let's talk football only here, right? Yeah. As a football person, now it's Cleveland, so I like making fun of them, as y'all know. <laughs> However, Jimmy Haslam, owner of the Browns, and now quarter owner of the Bucks, right? He just bought that recently. Yeah, yeah. Right. Shout out to him for making some good business here. <laughs> um, him and Aaron Rodgers, co-owners of the Bucks. Mm. Yeah, shout out to Aaron. That's, um, that's that interesting. Shout him out, obviously. But Jimmy Haslam broke the league. There's an old league rule that, like, if money's guaranteed, in order to protect the players to ensure the money received, the owners have to put that money into escrow to where that mm. money's held privately for said player, as long as they, you know, meet the, uh, they fully execute the contract, as lawyers might say. Yeah. What happens with two hundred and twenty million that 
you have to let <laughs> sit for five years. Mm. You can't invest it. Let's say, I mean, with the way bonds are going, let's say you got a 7% bond, mm. right? For five years, let's say it's a treasury. Yeah. Same amount of time as that. You got 220 million. Hey, invest that. Bond market's great. Get your every six months payout. Get your original bond money back after the end of five years. Go ahead and do it, right? Or whatever yeah. coupons are for mortgage-based bonds. <laughs> you can't invest the money. Owners don't like that. And then here's the thing. Every NFL player has been fighting for fully guaranteed contracts for obvious reasons. Yeah. It's a health risk every time they play. Yep. Your linemen are getting beat up every dang down. Um, what ends up happening? Kyler gets it. Mm. Kyler got like 180 million guaranteed. On yeah. 210 million deal on extension. What did Kyler do to earn it when in clause? Kyler's the only person in clause. Four hours a week, mandatory film review. Mm. If you're a quarterback, you're a film nerd. Yeah, that that that's well, easy money right Ray there. Lewis and Ed Reed were studs. It wasn't because Ray Lewis was able to take your soul away with one hit. Granted, he did do that a lot. It was <laughs> also because him and Ed Reed, film room nerds. Yeah. The game is fought in your mind. Kyler is not showing that, and you give him that much. That's true. Serious. Mm-hmm. But Lamar has done what? Only won a Heisman. Only carried an offense to success. True. Oh, he's won a playoff game. He doesn't get the support. Greg Roman's offense was great for Colin Kaepernick. It worked out to unlock Lamar Jackson. But if outside of the triple Heisman package years ago, Lamar's not getting enough help. True. They trade away Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Mark Andrews getting doubled and tripled. That's the only option. You need more people. Yeah. They really only have Devin Duvernay. Right? That's it. Former Texas. Yeah, former Texas. Last thing, yeah, that's right. But I mean, he 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 was the number one slash two. They had Bateman for a minute, yeah, but well, he I got mean, like in terms of wide receivers, yes. But in terms of weapon set, I mean, Mark Andrews. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just like, bro, like I genuinely believe Lamar hasn't gotten enough of like respect for what he's limited on in terms of like support systems and offense. Yeah, Greg Roman's offense didn't even have checkdowns two years ago. Literally, it's, hey, we don't have a running back that we're going to check down to. And it's so clear. Lamar's getting ruined with cover zero all the time. I yeah. ran it, like, I think 70% of the time against Lamar one game. Mm. Under when Brian Flores was their uh, head coach and stuff. Dude, like, Lamar's not getting a fair shot. And then if you look at every sports outlet debating you, right, because yeah. they have nothing better to do but to debate every little thing every day. <laughs> every time they ran into B-roll in the background, yeah. the NFL footage, it's never his throwing touchdowns, which he has. It's always his running touchdowns. If you want to pay a guy who's only running, okay, well, let's only show this stuff. Who owns the media networks? The same they pay for broadcasting yeah. rights. The so shield basically controls narratives. Are you going to pay him? Would I pay him? I would pay him in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a guy who people love. They buy in culturally. This is a guy who is a field product, a marketing product. And at the end of the day, this is a guy with so much darn character. Yeah, that's true. The guy matters. I would bet Lamar Jackson, not just for NFL MVP, but the guy was like, hey, this is a future Walsh Payton Man of the Year award winner. The guy cares. He does right by people. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's flip it. Let's hear Baltimore. You don't want to pay him, right? Yeah. We talk about how these players are affected stock. Let's say Baltimore realized, okay, we can roll the dice with Tyler Huntley. If the mm. Colts aren't good because they just haven't been good over years, I get two of their first. True. I get pick number four. I can still get a quarterback under Huntley if I need to. Yeah. I keep my first round pick, right? Yeah. So whatever that is, they're probably mid tens to twenties. They weren't that great. Yeah. Um, probably late tens, early twenties. So if that's the situation, then I get that pick, and I save on salary cap. That's how I I was looking at it. So you're saying if you're pick number four, and you're gonna roll down to Tyler Huntley because they really believe in him, right? Okay. And he was a Pro Bowler technically. Six people said no to Pro Bowl. Tyler Huntley ends up going. Hmm. That's everyone's a Pro Bowl, all right. Me and Ollie were Pro Bowlers last year. Fifty guys say no. <laughs> um, I was busy with finals, so I let Tyler Huntley go instead. Um, that's the allegedly we're going to run with here. Basically, yeah. what ends up happening is we're all down Tyler Huntley. If I'm pick number four, and then while I'm talking about this, could you do me a favor and actually look up what the Ravens have, like their draft pick number? Sure, I got you. Like, let's we can get into a fun. Uh, Thought experiment here, honestly. So pick number four is worth a lot to a lot of teams. The Falcons might go up and get them from number 10 to number four. 
considering there's three or four top guys right now, and they might not be sure about Desmond Ritter. They got pick 22. Pick 22, okay. And that's their initial pick or via somebody that's else? Their first, that's, that's their first pick. Okay, I don't think the Ravens have any, like, via picks or, like, compensatory picks either. So here's the thing. The next round they got is the third. Here's what I'm doing. I am literally looking at the weapons available and thinking, okay, there's nobody at number four who I need. Let me go trade down. Let me go get some extra. Like, if 49ers want it, nah, they're probably back. They already have the quarterback situation. If another team who needs a quarterback really wants one, hey, we'll trade to them. Falcons, Panthers are traded to one. Other teams, hey, we'll trade to them. Maybe New Orleans. So if that happens, I trade four down to uh, Falcons or 10, I think. I trade to 10. I go get maybe Stetson Bennett or Max Duggan to sit behind Tyler Huntley. It's a guy who we can still believe in. I use the rest of my picks because I'm trading down, so I'm getting extra picks. I'm loading up on receiver talent at 22. Yeah. I'm loading up on another star tight end. Um, not Brock Bowers, but the other star tight end from Georgia at my other oh, yeah, I know what you're about. pick. I'm pretty much uh, at number 10. I'm getting probably a second or third rounder as well. Yeah. And I'm using it to build a full offensive system for my new offensive coordinator, what he needs. Let's build a complete set of weapons yeah. where Tyler Huntley has a fairer shot that Lamar Jackson never actually got. And I think that, that, would, that would be the route I'd take. Yeah, if it doesn't work out, I get my first next year if we're bad, plus I have the Colts next year first. Yeah, Colts because might not be good guaranteed. Yeah, because uh, they've been negotiating this track a contract for years. Yeah, and so it's like you know, like if I were to, if you're asking me, here's a different perspective, and it all comes down to one thing: the fact that whether or not every year in the NFL Combine, how many people do we see that pretty much passes our eye test? If mm. it's a lot of players, it affects the current vets and what they can get. Yep. If they get moved out, that's or true. They have free agency money. How little money? Think about it. Tight ends and wide receivers are not making the big money this year. D mm. linemen are. Yeah. We have a lot of big boys coming out the past two years, but on average, we have league-ready wide receivers. We talked about it, right? Yeah. Jefferson Chase. Those are studs, but in general, we have a lot yeah, of Yeah, there's a lot coming, uh, coming out here. Same too. with running backs. Why do you think they're not getting paid so much right now in free agency? Because we have all these guys. Yeah. Let be a year where we have dud talent in certain spots. Those are the positions that – Top tier money's coming after. Yeah, because Bijan, Zamir Gibbs are all coming in there young, healthy, hungry, and chasing that second that second signature. Outside of a Will Anderson or a uh, pretty much anybody from Georgia at this point. The the Georgia linemen, bro. Yeah, and linebackers. Yeah. It's just like who else are you taking, you know? Right. So I think that kind of goes into wrapping up part of this, which is just like, dude, like, yeah. These players, the current vets, they have to watch out for the future of their money. Based on next man up mentality, of we got a lot of guys coming up in this draft. That's true. To change their family's future. They're hungry. They're sponsorship worthy. Yeah. They're going to be marketable, and they might be the future of your program and lead them down seventeen games. So at the end of the day, it all comes down to supply and demand. The supply of young, hungry, talented athletes versus. The veterans who are seeking max money. We appreciate your time tonight. But this has been another episode of Sports Meet Meets Money, where our business is sports. My name is Ale. I'm Med. Good night.